Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, Viral Vector Manufacturing for Gene Therapy, Developing a Platform Process. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Dr. Mats Lundgren, Customer Applications Director, Life Sciences, GE Healthcare. Mats has more than 25 years of experience in the field of biotechnology. He holds a PhD in immunology, cell, and molecular biology. In his industrial career, Mots has had positions as scientist, team manager, and VP at Pharmacia, AstraZeneca, and smaller biotech companies. In his previous function, Mots was managing both the cell line and upstream process development teams at a major biotech company. In his current role, Mots works across different viral vector and vaccine application projects, as well as general upstream topics focusing on customer support, applicability of new technologies, and manufacturing solutions. What do you see are the main challenges in viral vector manufacturing? Well, production of high-quality viral vector is uh, quite challenging, especially at larger scales. And it's also very important to get this in a very cost-efficient manner. And viruses are really large multi-protein complexes that are produced in advanced cell culture systems. And in the case of these vectors, they must also be infectious in order to be efficacious. So there are some some, uh, challenges here. Also, the regulatory requirements are really increasing. And for example, it is recommended to avoid any raw materials that are of animal origin, such as serum and other components, as this could potentially contain adventitious agents. And finally, also scale-up can be quite difficult, depending on what type of manufacturing technologies you have used. So there are lots of challenges in in viral vector manufacturing, but these can be overcome by using the right technologies, of course. And why is it so difficult to create manufacturing platforms for viral vectors? I think this is a very good question, actually. And this is due to the diversity of viruses. The platform solutions are quite challenging to implement. There are both different cell lines that are used for the virus propagation, but there are also size differences of viruses and also other properties, such as uh, if the virus is enveloped or not. And this really means that you need to use different processing technologies. But of course, as certain types of viruses, such as lentivirus for cell therapy and, for example, adeno-associated virus for gene therapy, become more commonly used as vectors, there is, of course, a possibility for development of more virus-specific platforms. Right. And I think, you know, everyone always talks about production capacity crunch in viral vector manufacturing. How do you think we can address this? Yes, there is actually high viral vector production demand currently. There are many new approved viral therapeutics, and it's also a very large pipeline in different stages and scales in the development. And of course, for gene therapy, also more types of administration routes are being evaluated. For example, uh, high-dose systemic administration in addition to to what we have currently seen with localized treatments. And this, of course, means that you need more virus bulk, and this leads to higher demands on process efficiency and the scale as well. Also, the contract manufacturing capacity for viral vectors is is quite limited. 
for virus products and it's lagging behind the increasing production needs. So of course you can mitigate this by building new production capacity. And for example, there are pre-designed modular production facilities that can be used for, for rapid increase of, of capacity. You know, I know that the manufacturing is very different, but are there any lessons that that cell and gene therapy can learn and apply from monoclonal antibody manufacturing? Absolutely. Monoclonal antibody production is nowadays quite mature and it's, it's very much based on platform processing with very high yields and robust processes. Of course, there are very high producing cell lines, but they also use high quality chemically defined cell culture medias. And this is, of course, also best for virus production if possible. However, as we mentioned previously, I mean, there are differences between different viruses that can make it a bit difficult to implement. But also, if you look at downstream processing for monoclonal antibodies, it's really based on orthogonal chromatography techniques. And of course, many of these technologies and aspects can be implemented for virus production as well. So I think there are indeed lots of of things we can learn and apply from from MAB production. Along those lines, you and your colleagues at GE uh, have developed a start-to-finish adenovirus manufacturing process, and I want to learn more about this. Um, Could you give us an overview of the process? Yes, we thought very carefully about how we should develop this, and we really wanted to meet, of course, both the regulatory demands, but also the process economy demands and scalability demands. So we very carefully selected, for example, single-use bioreactors, and we also used a serum-free and chemically defined cell culture medium that had sort of a very good performance with the cell line that we used. We also implemented modern filtration and chromatography techniques, and this really resulted in a very highly purified final bulk, which met the regulatory requirements. And we also selected the upstream as well as the downstream technologies that are compatible with pre-designed and modular manufacturing facilities. We have something we call flex factories, and everything that we implemented in this process uh, is really compatible with that. Why did you choose adenovirus, um, firstly? And then secondly, is it possible that this process that you've created could be applied to other virus types in gene therapy manufacturing? So adenovirus is currently being developed both as a vector for vaccines, but also as an oncolytic therapy. And in the case of oncolytic viruses, the whole idea is to infect cancer cells specifically with this modified virus and kill them. So this is a very interesting application of this technology, I think. But um, coming to your second question, yes, absolutely. The operations in this process can be used for processing also of other viruses. We see it very much as a toolbox for virus processing. Of course, it depends very much on what type of virus you are working with and the properties of this virus and the whole cell line that you are using. Uh, And depending on this, you can combine different options from, from the process that we have put together. And in creating the process, uh, what were the challenges and highlights of your work and in creating the process? And was there anything about it that surprised you? Yes. Actually, some of the challenges was around the analytics. We had to develop actually two new assays, one for quantification of the infectious virus particles 
And this one was based on automated microscopy using in-cell. And the other assay was for measurement of the total number of virus particles, and this was based on Biacore technology. And this was quite important because some of the analytical tools that were available when we started the project are quite old and um, not very precise, to be honest. So it was very important to develop better analytics. And coming to your question about what surprised us, um, very surprising but, but very good result was that we found by looking with electron microscopy at the virus bulk of the purification was that with this new uh, chromatography purification process, we could actually remove a lot of the smaller cell debris particles. And this was in very big contrast to an older published process that we used for comparison. So, so this was a surprising finding, but I think it was really uh, quite important, actually. That's really interesting. Um, what could you say are, were the overall kind of results of your process development and uh, of the process itself? Yes, we managed to develop a very scalable process uh, with also very good process economy. And I think that was important. But of course, the most important part was that we could actually meet the regulatory requirements. So that is, is of course, very important. Yeah, you mentioned process uh, economics, and, and of course, it's always very important. I think part of that is scalability. Scalability is really critical to gene therapy manufacturing. Can you talk about how you incorporated scalability into your process? Yes, that's also a great question. Actually, the trick here is really to use only technologies that you know are scalable beforehand. For example, we used single-use bioreactors, we used filtration technologies and different chromatography techniques. And we know from experience that these are scalable and they are also compatible with um, uh, our sort of automated facility solutions, which we call flex factories. So I think that is the trick. I mean, you always start with technologies that you know are inherently scalable. I think that's a good point. And, and just to go back to the idea of what you can kind of learn from monoclonal antibody manufacturing, certainly the experience um, with single use and, and the success with single use in that, in that industry has been um, a good uh, representation of what could then also be applied to other uh, manufacturing opportunities. Um, I wanted to move on and ask a little bit about cost of goods. Um, it's another important topic in manufacturing and commercialization of gene therapies. How can a platform approach help to address the cost of goods concerns? Well, I think the first benefit with a platform approach is that you can really reduce the, the development timeline. And this is, of course, also very important because the sooner you can get to the market, of course, the more revenue you can collect. But of course, also, if you have a platform with high expression levels and high yields, this will, of course, help with a favorable cost of goods profile. And I think also platforms will help you in the facility as you can more easily switch between, for example, different products or, or between batches, etc. I think that that's a, a really good point. I wanted to ask you this question because I think it's really important. In our, in our recent publication on gene therapy manufacturing, it became really clear that the relationships between drug developers, manufacturers, CMOs, and suppliers are really critically important. How do you see that these groups can work together to increase the production output and quality of vector manufacturing? 
Well, I think nowadays our customers are looking for more than just individual products from us. They are rather looking for solutions for manufacturing. And therefore, it is, of course, very important that, that we as vendors understand the process and the product requirements. And this can, of course, most easily be achieved by having this type of conversation between developers, manufacturers and CMOs. But I think also, as I talked about previously, single-use technologies are becoming really state-of-the-art in this field, and it can really improve productivity and quality. But of course, uh, when it comes to single-use technologies, you need to have a good relationship between the manufacturers and the vendors to ensure security of supply of all these single-use consumables. So I think the relationship between us and drug developers and manufacturers are becoming really important. And I think our expertise is, is really important in this area. I think that's exactly right. And and I chaired a panel not too long ago, and one of the, the gene therapy developers said that they found that one of the most important things was that you need to create a team and that the team couldn't just be people from inside your own company. It needed to be suppliers, uh, you know, CMOs if you're using them, other experts in the field that needed to be part of this larger team because it's a it's a big effort and especially if it's a breakthrough uh, type product you have to move quickly so having all these people involved is really really critical so I think that's a you know exactly in line with with what you were saying as well lastly I wanted to ask what do you see as the most exciting upcoming enabling technologies in downstream viral vector manufacturing I think there are really very many new exciting developments in the purification or downstream area. And I cannot reveal everything that we are working with currently. But for example, I can mention that we recently acquired a nanofiber-based technology that I think will be really, really great for virus production. Uh, the, the virus will bind to the surface of the fibers. And of course, uh, this means that the binding capacity will be very high. And this is just one example. But of course, there are other new technologies also that I think we will see coming up in the near future. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really interesting, and I think gene therapy manufacturing is a really important topic and a really interesting one. Um, I wanted to ask if you had anything else that you'd like to add for our listeners today. Yes. Actually, a very important aspect is the use of advanced analytics, because this will really help you to understand your process and also characterize the product. And this is, is really, really critical. Another aspect that I really encourage is the use of process economy calculations early on in development. I think it is really important to do process economy modeling at relevant production scales, really to ensure the commercial viability of your product. It is, I, I want to really emphasize that, that it's important to start with this early on in the sort of development program. I think those are two very good points um, and both things that um, I think are areas that need more focus in, the, in gene therapy, you know, commercialization. So I think that that's really, really great. Thank you so much for pointing those out. And thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.